As the great Liza Minnelli once said, Money makes the world go around, the world go around, the world go around. Since Cabaret's debut, the song lyrics have been immortalized as one of the most iconic quotes in popular culture. Why? Because, to an extent, it's true. What else in the world can claim to be as universal as money is? Whether we like it or not, money talks, and everyone speaks its language. I'm Mary Beth Hopkins. I'm Marley Kinzer, and today's episode talks about Prague's complicated relationship with money. With one of the lowest unemployment rates in Europe, it's hard to imagine that what was once a post-communist country, scrambling to make ends meet after the fall of a decades-long regime, has now become a tourist hotspot with an economy that's better now than it's been in years. For some, a growing economy means opportunity while others are experiencing the downsides of a cultural shift toward capitalism. In this episode, we'll address all the ways money characterizes and is characterized by Prague. Welcome back to the Progcast. Well, so as I said, this is the heart of the bakery. Our ovens, they... Business is like booming that. in Antonin's bakery. Even though we arrive in the late afternoon, by the time most people are done buying pastries and coffee. A uh, crust that keeps the bread uh, long, lasting long. It's part of the secret. For an inside look at what the winners of the Czech Republic's shift to capitalism think, we interviewed the bakery's founder, the man making bread off of all this bread being made, Antonin Kokesh. We were students, uh, we had no money, nothing to do, and we had an idea to sell cards, postcards to the tourists. So we just bought cards in a tobacconist store and we started selling cards uh, at the Old Town Square. It was successful business in the beginning, so we had stands all over Prague, and so that's how it started. Did you ever think that it was going to be big? Like, did you ever foresee having stands all over Prague, or was Oh, that, no, 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 no. It started just, uh, it started just in a, as an idea how to make money. Yeah. And it grew a little bit, step by step. And then one day we decided, okay, we would like to do it in the long-term business. So we had to start publishing, you know, because we're just a street vendors or how to say you know sitting in a small stand on the streets of Prague but uh, publishing made the company like real company right. and this was right after the velvet revolution yeah. so like yeah how did how do you think Prague reacted to suddenly having like a free market that you know um, capitalism could exist in you know when I was young I mean 18 years old that's because I started my business when I was 20. I, I never had an idea about capitalism or just, you know, we thought it will last quite long, this weird communism. But, and then it came and we had just opened eyes and we had a lot of hope for all the changes, you know, it was a big time for us. So, 
it just came. I don't know what to say. Great. And and, and it worked. There were no plans, you know. And, you know, uh, so many companies started because suddenly you could import, you could start your own business. There was lack of almost everything, you know. So some people say it was an easy time to start because you could start really with everything, you know. But... As every start, it's not so easy. You know, we didn't have any money, so yeah. we were fighting with all issues we could, you could possibly think. So you saw like various niches to be filled. It was not maybe a niche; it was a big gap, you know, <laughs> because first of all, the card business on the streets was nothing. You couldn't buy any souvenir. There were no souvenir stores. It's like completely changed, you know. And then with the publishing business, you know. There was a lot of space because you, you could buy only cards in the very old boxes, like with stupid photographs of some flowers, and that was all, you know. So when we first time launched our greeting cards with some uh, humor on some modern design, oh, people were like, oh, what's that, you know, so that's it. <laughs> so now that we're here, we're here in your bakery... What was the reasoning behind your career change? People think it's like a big career change, you know, but still it's a business, you know. Maybe if I start painting, it would be a bigger change, you know. And obviously it's a big change. I mean, like, the, the product, like games and bread, is nothing to nothing in common, unfortunately. But, you know, some people ask me why I had this idea, this idea. It just comes, you know. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about your perspective on philanthropy, having been a philanthropist for so long, um, and what motivates you? I don't think that I'm such a big philanthropist. Oh, you don't think? <laughs> well, compared but to you some know, Americans, maybe, like, yeah. You know, I said to myself uh, that I was very lucky, and it started slowly. There was nothing like big change in my head. Finally, I realized that I can help with many projects, and when you see that that with your money and your energy you can change things and help people that makes sense to you so we've selected several organizations it means that we are regularly helping forest I mean, planting planting trees cleaning the forest because albi is a card and games come and it's all paper you know and also like nature is very scarce in our country so we we thought it's a great idea, and then it went on. So we lo- we work a lot of the NGO that helps people with schizophrenia. That's because my twin is schizophrenic, you know. So it has always some reason why I select some topic that I that I contribute to. And that was Antonin Kokesh, one of the winners of Czech Capitalism, giving us a tour of his business. When you haven't any coal in your stove and you freeze in the winter and you curse to the wind that you fate. Not everyone can have it all. On the other side of the financial spectrum are the poor of Prague, the working class. Referred to as working poverty by some, Many Czech working-class citizens exist just above the legal poverty line and still cannot afford basic necessities. To learn more about the realities of living on or near the minimum wage, we met with film director Apolena Rychlikova, who recently won the Czech Joy Award for her work on the film The Limits of Work, 
a documentary about some of the worst paying jobs in the country. Práce v noci je sama o sobě nezdravá a má dopady na lidský organismus a ty neustálé změny, kdy i doba Originally it was a, a, an idea of Sasha Ulova, which is the main protagonist of the film, the journalist who um, makes undercover research uh, in the five jobs, low pay jobs. And she invited me to this project. We wanted to make something more, you know, big than a few articles. And, and we are colleagues from Alarm. It is the leftist web, one of the two leftist webs in our country. And we know each other so long. So she invited me to this project and we decided to make a film and also some articles and also a book. And the main reason was that we felt that, um, you know, topic of uh, hidden poor it's not in some center of interest or something like that. And we felt that there are too many people who lived in the bad way uh, from the social and economic point of view. They are not, you know, catched in the mainstream media. So it was the main reason, because we felt that nobody cares about them. So we wanted to start. So you're also a journalist and an editor. and. Along with the film, what did you learn from your experience? Oh, there are so many things. So now I more understand what does it mean to, for example, have some kind of frustration in in our Western society when uh, you are invisible. As I said, nobody cares about you, nobody cares about your opinions, nobody cares about your life, nobody cares about that you are working all day and you don't have enough money to pay your rent and something like that. I also felt some anger and some kind of frustration and I understand much more better those people and I understand why they don't want to you know, be part of our society and for, for example why they don't vote or something like that because they feel like that um, you know it doesn't make sense for them to be a part of, uh, part of our society. So you talked about how the working class and the poor are sort of invisible. Uh, do you think there is like any sympathy from Czech people for them? Hey, I, I totally think that, you know, more than half of Czech population is poor. We don't have as much people working just for the minimal wage, but we have many and many people. For example, three from five women in the Czech Republic earn less than 20,000 crowns. So it means that women in the Czech Republic are really poor. So it's also a gender problem for me. And, you know, the, the most problem is that the mainstream media in the Czech Republic are occupied from, uh, by people from Prague who are educated, as I said, privileged, and who are able mostly think about the culture and not the uh, economy and social problem. Uh, what do you wish everyone knew about the working class and the poor? Oh, I, I don't know, maybe just... Um, you know, I hate some kind of paternalism, like, and I hope that I'm not a paternalist person, like, now when I'm, when I'm speaking about the working class people, like, I, but I think that um, everyone should know just own just one thing, like, uh, there is no reason why to not have dignity in 21st century. It's like, just basic human dignity, based that you are a human person. <laughs> Apollina's work reveals some striking truths about the realities of working poverty and provides a somber reminder of just how reliant on money we really are. 
some people have money, some don't, and some have had and have lost. With its development into a major tourist destination, Prague has also developed an unfortunate reputation for being a hotspot for money-related scams. The most notable being the currency exchange businesses. Obviously, this increasing awareness of Prague being a hotspot for money scams is a massive issue for Prague tourism. So, rather than confront the exchange businesses themselves, we decided to speak with Barbara Hruba, a spokesperson for Prague City Tourism. Well, uh, we are often, unfortunately, accused that we, as Prague City Tourism, do not do much. The problem is, though, that we have no power over legislation in Prague and the Czech Republic itself. So our role is mainly advisory. And, of course, uh, if we talk with the officials of the city of Prague or the Czech National Bank, for example, and if they decide not to uphold our, our advice and act upon it, uh, there's uh, pretty much nothing we can do. But, of course, for the last at least 20 years, we are trying to fix the situation of the exchange offices in Prague because, as I have said, we are trying to get the visitors to come back to Prague again. And, of course, if they get schemed or cheated in Prague, they will probably not be encouraged to return. Uh, for us, it's also very important the word of mouth. So, you know, you come to Prague, you enjoy your time here, you love it, you tell everybody you know, and they might well come to Prague as well. If something bad was to happen to you here, you are probably not going to do that. Uh, but, as I've said, our role is mainly advisory. So is the exchange scams, is that a big problem in Prague? It's getting much better than it used to be because there have already been changes in legislature uh, taking place. But this, this is, of course, it's not as bad as it used to be in the 90s. But unfortunately, there is not a, for example, regulated amount. For example, that the Czech National Bank would say you have to give... 25 crowns for a euro and everybody has to do that. Unfortunately, that doesn't work that way. So basically, you can do with the amounts pretty much what you want. What are some things that you think a tourist should look to avoid scamming? Like, how do you advise people? <clears throat> uh, definitely always check the official exchange rate. Let's be honest, you will never going to get really the official exchange rate, but you have to get as close to it as possible. There are, uh, which is again not going to happen in the future, when the law actually comes into, into reality, uh, is that there are some exchange offices that are charging commission. Which means that if you, for example, you can get 25 crowns for a euro, but they're going to take 20% off for the transact as a transaction fee. That's another thing to be very, very aware of. Again, this is according to the law. If you change the money, you are given a paper to sign. Don't sign it without reading it. It does happen a lot, and we do know that there are exchange offices that are literally scheming the visitors. Like, 
rushing them to sign the paper without actually reading it. Don't ever do that. If somebody does that to you, be aware that that's really not all right and you should never... I mean, that goes for everything. Just, like, never sign anything you haven't read. And that was Barbara Hruba speaking to us from Old Town Square. There's no way for us to talk about money in the Czech Republic without mentioning the euro, or rather, the lack thereof. The creation of the Eurozone is a rather recent European endeavor, and the Czech Republic, an EU member, stands out as one of the nations unwilling to participate. The best things in life are free, but you can keep them for the best and please not give me more. We suspected that the idea of giving up crowns for euros might seem unappealing to the general Czech population, especially given the recent debt crisis. But just in case, we sent out two reporters to ask Prague citizens on the street, euro or no euro, and why. Oh well, no, I think it's it's question maybe for um, people who know more things about this. You don't, so what we've been finding is that a lot of people like have a cultural sort of appreciation for the crown being mm-hmm. Czech. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, kind of, but I think Euro could be fine too. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't think so. It's It's not a great thing. Because like it's our thing to have crowns. It's not the same like the other other um, countries. Great, great. Um, and what do you think the Krona brings that the euro would take away? Like, what do you th- what features? Mm, I don't know. Like, it's ours. Like, it's not the same like the others. I don't Individuality. Know. Yes. yes. I like that. Okay. I think they have a reason for keeping Czech Krona. And what, what do you think the reason is? Why do you think they should keep it? I think that, uh, for example, in other countries, I'm because I'm uh, originally Slovakian. Okay. Uh, all the prices went up with euro. With the euro. Great, great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I think we should switch to euro. You think we should switch to euro? Yes, I think so. Because I think it will be much easier for everyone when they travel and when you know you have a lot of exports going from Czech Republic to our neighbors such as Germany who uses euro and the conversion rate then is pretty bad for the Czech exporters so it will be much easier for everyone to have euro and euro is quite stable I think and we should not you know we should not stick around with corona just because of the symbolism that's basically what, how i see it i would be okay if we have euro that's what i want the people have spoken and a surprising amount are willing to make the switch for those who aren't though the reasons are clear czechs have a special connection to their crowns the currency is aligned with the czech identity through its history as well as its design. So, for now, the crown remains. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of Prodcast was made possible by Phyllis Fay, Catherine Yep, Asmani Afri, 
Henry Rosenblum, Zoe Schilling, Kathy Chung, Tyler Conrad, Kelly Drake, and Sarah Jackson. With special thanks to editor Rob Cameron. forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and do check out our previous episodes on SoundCloud. Until next time, this has been The Progcast. Mm-hmm.